0: You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff.
1: Whoa, wait a minute. Huh? Hold up. What? Oh, okay.
2: Did we just lose the f***ing Canucks?
3: You're
2: listening
0: to Halford and Bruff.
2: Back into the devil zone, wrap around, he scores. With ten seconds left of the period, Connor Garland answers back for the Canucks. We competed like bastards for most of the game. He has
3: made it very clear he's not yet ready to talk contract with Vancouver. I ain't saying nothing. Did you have any different feelings coming off that field? Disappointed about the way the game turned out, sure.
4: Enough. Twenty-four, two minutes, hockey. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintex Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Adog, good morning to you. Good morning. Laddie, good morning to you. Hello, hello. And the latest entrant into the 650 intern program, Sonia, good morning to you. Good morning. We did it. Flawless. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate Dealer today. Uh, We have a big show ahead. But before we do any of it, Jason, can you tell everybody about Kintech? We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech
3: Canada's... Favorite orthotics provider powered by thousands of five-star Google
4: reviews, sore feet. What are you waiting for? Kintax. There you go. Uh, hour one of this program is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle you, get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. I mentioned we got a big show ahead. It's not just because of the guest list. We have a million things we need to get into. We have a giveaway. We have a Canucks game. We have the National Championship tonight, Jason. How excited are you for that? I'm very excited. I've been told, uh, I've, I've told everyone at home, don't talk to me. Starting past, at- past four
3: o'clock, don't even,
4: pretend I'm not even there. Pretend I'm not alive. Early start time, mm-hmm. our time, 4.30. Washington, Michigan in the National Championship today. One of the things that's happening. While the Canucks are on, too. Yeah, Canucks are on at four o'clock from Madison Square Garden. They will take on the New York Rangers. Uh, first of a back-to-back, they take on the Islanders and Bo Horvat tomorrow. Guest list. David Amber, Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet NHL host. Uh, We will whip around everything that's going on around the league, including this Canucks swing uh, through the East Coast. That's 6.30 with David Amber. 7.30, Mike Tannier, our NFL insider from The Messenger, is going to join us. The NFL wildcard playoff weekend is set. It looks awesome. There are several great games on the horizon. The Seattle Seahawks will not be part of the festivities. They're out. In case you missed that, A Dog just realized that at five fifty nine this morning. It's like, wait, are the Seahawks not in the playoffs? But they yeah. won. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 they won. They did win.
2: I wasn't really paying attention.
3: No kidding. No, oh, really. No kidding. No. A couple of coaches are out too. Uh, Arthur Smith. So his uh, his last moment in Atlanta will be crying about the other team running the score. Lat <laughs> brought that him. up so this morning. He's so, like, so that's nice for him. I couldn't uh, believe that was real. <laughs> and the Commanders uh, have fired Ron Rivera as. Expected and Bob Myers is in there. So, the the former uh, Golden State Warriors GM, Bob Myers, he's not the new coach, but
4: I guess he's going to help ownership in some way. I don't know what his title is. This feels like I need to explain to Andy as well now. So, Bob Myers (laughs) is a general manager from basketball, Mm -hmm. the Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. And what sport do the Washington Commanders play?
2: Uh, They play football. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Crazy, Their huh? general manager is a basketball general manager. They now. also
3: missed the playoffs. They
4: also missed the playoffs. Oh. They're not in. Uh, so we got uh, David Amber at 6.30, Ke- Mike Tannier at 7.30, Kevin Woodley, NHL.com and Ingole Magazine at 8 uh, o'clock. He's going to be joining us to look back on the Canucks win over the Devils on the weekend. Also look ahead to these games against the Rangers and the Islanders. Okay, this is kind of cool. We're giving away tickets every day this week to a live show. Of the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman, uh, Thursday, January eighteenth, from Wicket Hall in Victoria. I've never been there. Andy, have you been there? Greg, have you been there? Nope. Uh, now, Andy, anime- Wicket Hall? Wicket. 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 <laughs> man. Make, Wicket. Make sure we emphasize it's wicked like a, Wicket, like like an Ewok. Yeah. yeah. Wow. A- Thank you.
3: I know you are surprised by that.
2: I Because I was thinking in my head, and I was like, I'm not going to say this because Brough won't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm very impressed. You knew who Wicked
4: was. I was going to say, like, Cricket. I was, I was thinking Wicked. Cricket, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, but that's fine. Also, the thing. Star, the Star Wars guy, Star Trek guy.
2: He's an Ewok, not a
4: thing. Um, <laughs> now, Andy made it abundantly clear uh, right off the hop, as we were prepping for this, that if you're going to enter the contest to win the tickets to see a live show of 32 Thoughts,
2: which by the way you can only see if you have the tickets. You have to be you able can't to Yeah, just be- walk in there.
4: You have to be able to go to the show. Yes. We're not you can't be like from here and you're like maybe I'll make it over. Like you have to be committed to go. Yeah, okay? either
2: live in Victoria or around that area or if you're from here and you want to enter Make sure you're going to go to Victoria to see this.
4: It's the it's the honor system, basically. Correct. So Dunbar lumber text line is six fifty six fifty. Text in. Uh, We're giving away tickets every day this week. Okay, working in reverse. Guest list eight o'clock. It's Kevin Woodley. Seven thirty. It's Mike Tannier. Six thirty. David Amber. We got a lot to get into. Without further ado, Laddie, let's tell everybody what happened. Did you guys see the game last night? No. What happened? I missed all the action because I was. We know how busy your
0: life can be. What happened? You missed that? What happened?
4: What happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance. Making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.ca. The Lotto Line. Oh, it's back. JT Miller and Elias Pedersen each had two goals and an assist. The Canucks held off a late surge by the New Jersey Devils on Saturday. 6-4 win at the Prudential Center on Hockey Night in Canada. Do you think Talk was listening to our show? Because it was on Friday that we
3: were talking about how, oh, maybe just switch up the top six. And I suggested, I don't know, maybe you know, switch up the pairs of uh, Besser and Miller and Petey and McAvoy, and you were just
4: like, why don't you just put the lotto line back together? Yeah, I, I called it. The answer yeah. to your question, though, is 100% no. Rick Tockett did not ah. listen to the show in any way, shape, or form. Well,
3: regardless, that was probably one of the most uh, impressive performances we've seen from the Canucks out of this current core of players, out of this version of the Canucks. Um, yes, the Devils were banged up. Missing a bunch of key players, including Jack Hughes, who had been hurt the night before, and in the game against the Chicago Blackhawks, same game where Connor Bedard that game was crazy by the way got hurt. and We'll talk about that later. Um, but the Canucks have had all sorts of trouble with the New Jersey Devils, especially in Newark. Uh, and once again, the Canucks responded with a really solid performance after a loss. The Canucks have only lost consecutive games twice this season. We're almost halfway through the season. They've only lost consecutive games twice. uh, And they've yet to lose more than two in a row. That's all they've done. Uh, Now, there's a couple of stories on the night. The big story of the night, as mentioned, the lotto line was reunited and produced in a big way so we can discuss whether or not Taquit should keep rolling with them. JT Miller had two goals and an assist and finished plus five on the night. Uh, Connor Garland scored again. His third goal in his last six games, and it's the fact that there has been that line. I don't. I don't even know if I want to call them the third line anymore. No, and that might be the second line the way things are constructed. But it's that line with Garland, Bluger, and Dakota Joshua, and this guy. And I think we should have some appreciation for Pusuder who centered Mikheyev and Kuzmenko. If the Canucks didn't have a player like Pugh Suter, a versatile player like him, it'd be really tough to put that lotto line back together. He centered Mikheyev and Kuzmenko, who was in the lineup, and they actually dominated possession, although they were minus one. Now, I said earlier that that was probably one of the more impressive performances we've seen from the Canucks. Feels like there's a butt coming. Well, they needed an empty netter to make it a two-goal game. And uh, this game really shouldn't have been close on the scoreboard. And the Canucks did need a big penalty kill at the end to win it in regulation. Kudos to JT Miller and Dakota Joshua, who took a rather careless penalty to put the Canucks shorthanded for combining on the empty netter when Joshua came out Mm -hmm. to make it 6-4. to The biggest concern right now... And, Laddie, I don't know if you agree with this. The biggest concern right now with the Canucks, and I'm glad we're having Kevin Woodley on the show today, might be Thatcher Demko, who's been beaten cleanly on a number of shots in the past couple of games. Now, if you think back to that St. Louis game, you're like, that was a nice shot by Colton Perico. It was a nice shot by Robert Thomas. Mm -hmm. But there were a few shots that went in against the New Jersey Devils, shots from distance. I don't know if there were screens there. I don't know. He just, I don't For me, he didn't look great. The Canucks as a team looked great. Um, the Canucks had the day off yesterday, and they're going to play back-to-back tonight and tomorrow against the Rangers and Islanders, respectively. It's not like I'm calling for Casey DeSmith to play both of those games. They're going to split those games, I'm sure of it, but... I'll be curious to get both Laddie's and Kev's opinion on Thatcher Demko because, you know, when I played hockey last night, he was the one guy all the guys on my team were like, what's going on with Demko? And I I was kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, he has not looked great the last couple of games. Ladrick?
1: I'm not sure I'm ready to sound any alarm bells quite yet, but uh, I think it's just the ebbs ebbs and flows of the season, right? Sometimes you get those weeks where you're just not tracking as well, and I don't think it's any major flaws in his game. It's just tough opponents, some really good shots, uh, some unfortunate situations that he's been in, but I think he's overall, I don't think he's too much of a concern. I think that, I think
3: the Canucks as a team started backing up a little bit against the New Jersey devils and Rick Tocket to his credit called that timeout when it was five, four. And he, you could tell on the bench, he's just like, Hey, calm down, everyone mm-hmm. relax. So who go- and, he, and he said, and he said after, uh, he said after the game, he's like, "Yeah, I was just telling him, you get, you know, trust the system, trust the
4: system." So back to backs, Monday, Tuesday night, New York, New York. Who goes tonight? Who goes tomorrow? I have no idea. I think Demko will go tonight, and then Just Smith will go tomorrow. I mean, it doesn't really we'll matter, doesn't, I suppose. It but doesn't really matter. No. You know, the I don't even want to call them struggles; I guess say ebbs and flows of the season. It does make that decision to start the Smith. Remember that Thursday game against Philadelphia on the twenty eighth. Where it was sort of like there's no real rhyme or reason to starting Desmith because there was big chunks of time between both games and there was plenty of rest opportunities. Uh, of course, since then Demko started three straight, and they, I mean you mentioned the game against St. Louis. With, I mean it was a two, it was a two one game, so you're not going to hang that. Off and they forward, were
3: really so. they were really nice shots. Yeah. Like Pareko
4: ripped it. Robert Thomas ripped
3: it. They were they were nice shots, but you know we we have such high standards for Thatcher Demko and really any goalie in the NHL when. When a goalie gets beaten clean on a shot, you're you're almost like,
4: oh, we should probably we should have stopped that. And that's not the which bi- is crazy. Look, right? And that's not even close to being the biggest story from the weekend and moving no, forward. I want to big- focus on it. The biggest story and the one moving forward throughout the next week and forever, how long they keep them together, is the reunion of the Lotto Line. People are now relitigating the actual nickname. Please don't do that, everybody. Okay, it doesn't matter what sequential order the guys line up in, left to right wing. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's- and I don't
3: care if the guys on the line like it or not. Yeah,
4: you are the Lotto Line. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Deal with That's it. That's it. Just deal with it. It works. Um, Six forty nine. It's actually. I think it's a great nickname. Yeah, it's one really? of the better ones that they've got out there. And I liked
1: IMAX Pektu Mountain reference in his article. Please don't. You're I can't do even pronounce it. I uh, know. I was looking it up here. That's okay.
4: We'll just bypass it. P
1: a e k t u Mountain. You
4: can read IMAX column <laughs> on Sportsnet.ca if you want to know what the hell Greg is talking about right now. But look,
2: never split them up again. Yeah. Ever. Well,
4: okay. There's a couple things I here. Don't care
2: if it makes the rest of the lines weaker. <laughs> Just don't do it. Well, I, don't, I think the, I don't care the, if they fact, start losing, but yeah. the fact
3: that they can. My my point when talking about uh, the Bluger line with Garland and uh, Dakota Joshua, and having Pugh Suter able to center McKeef and Kuzmenko, and they look good too. They they looked really. Like they good. looked like a legit they second really good. line. Yeah, or yeah. The, but, or a third line if or you want to yeah, call it. You yeah. know, like I, I I just think having those two things allow the reuniting of the lotto line without sacrificing a whole lot. Because really, when you're talking about it, you're like, okay, well, if you're going to put the lotto line back together, man, the rest of your lines are really going to struggle. <laughs> no, no,
4: they didn't against New Jersey. Well, it was. I mean, look, Tocket had a really an ideal situation on his hands here because you're at game 39 of the regular season. So you're basically halfway through the year. There was always this sense of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I always got that there was a vibe or a sense of lotto line is the break glass in case of emergency move. Like, okay, things aren't going great. We don't want to do this, but we're going to throw them together. I did not get that sense in this game. Yeah, we've talked a little bit of, about, like, Kuzmenko's struggles and the lack of a top six a forward top reason. six struggles. Yeah. But they overall... Relatively speaking, o- overall they have cl- been struggling. Right. Overall, collectively, yeah. through the first half of the season, the Canucks are fourth in the NHL and they're yeah. scoring tons of goals. Like, yeah, the offense has not been a problem. So, Tockett had a almost luxury of riches and embarrassment of riches to be able to do this, and it turned out great. Mm-hmm. An offensive explosion in New Jersey, and then I think the even more important part, and that's what you brought up, was that everything filled in rather adeptly in the second and third lines where you're saying, hmm, well, this is an interesting wrinkle come postseason time because when you've got that matchup against the same opponent every second night, you have to start throwing different looks at them and different wrinkles at them, right? So you could say, well, we're going to split Pedersen and Miller and have Miller be more of a shutdown center, but if things aren't going our way in a particular series or we see in it something we can take advantage of, the lotto line's there, and we know that, Suter filling in as a sort of, I mean, what would you call them, a stopgap 2C? And, God, you're right, because I don't even know what the second line is and what the third line is yeah, at that point. Yeah. They're almost interchangeable. It's nice. It's really great. And shout-out to Dakota. Deco- Suter and
3: Bluger, both those guys who would, who center those lines have been way better than I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked the addition of Bluger, but I thought, okay, maybe a 4C. And then Suter... Um, you know, all the analytics guys were like, someone should sign this guy. And they were absolutely right about it. He is a very smart, smart player. I have no idea. Both offensively
4: and defensively. I have no idea why Pugh Suter was left hanging until the middle of August. Maybe he wanted too much. Maybe? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me because everything I've seen from the guy, he ticks a lot of boxes for what he's getting paid. So look, it's going to be a
3: different story against the Rangers tonight because the Devils... um, As much trouble as the Devils have given the Canucks over the past few years, they didn't have Jack Hughes. They didn't have Timo Meyer. They didn't have Andre Palat. They didn't have Dougie Hamilton. Those are some really good players. And, um, you know, when you looked at the Devils' lineup without those guys, you are like, yeah, I still see some speedy guys, right? Um, And Nico Heischer, one of the best uh, two-way centers in the game. He was still in the game. But overall, look. That was not a full-strength New Jersey Devils team, but I still think that a lot of us were watching that game and going, I cannot believe, not just that the Canucks are winning this game, how badly they're dominating the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, New Jersey couldn't even get out of their own end in the first period. And credit the Canucks for going into a place, after a loss in St. Louis, not that they played awful in St. Louis, but it wasn't one of the best efforts of the year. That might have been... I don't know. For me, I know it didn't end well, uh, particularly well. Like, they, it was closer than it should have been, and we all had to stress out a little bit watching it. But, man, that was a good performance from the Vancouver Canucks.
4: Yeah, and by the way, just for the, and we will talk about the Pedersen contract stuff at some point today because we've got some new 32 Thoughts audio that we can play. But uh, just a friendly reminder uh, how... What what the difference is, is when you have those elite tandems playing with your top center, and I know Pedersen bounced out to the wing and vice versa, but, you know, there's a big difference between Elias Pedersen being teamed up with Ilya Mikheyev. No disrespect to Mikheyev.
3: And Sam Lafferty.
4: Right, but that's that's the difference. That mm-hmm. was an offensive explosion on the weekend, right? And I mean, Miller and Pedersen combined for four goals in their first appearance together all year. And the other thing you can do, too,
3: um, is you load up the lotto line, you like how the Blueger line plays um, two-way, you yep. know, defensively. Mm-hmm. And you can you can shelter Kuzmenko a little bit. But with players that can can, can play offensively, sure. right? You're not throwing Kuzmenko down on the fourth line with Nils Amon and Sam Lafferty. You're yep. putting them with two pretty good players in Pew Suter and Ilya Mikheyev. Right, mm-hmm. You get two Milstein clients out there. McKeef and Kuzmenko is like, we're in it together. Chemistry. Uh, by the it's way, um, um, speaking of Milstein clients, Zadorov didn't play. Nope. And um, Carson Susi returned. I thought he looked pretty good. A yeah, good game. I guess Zadorov is dealing with a bit of an injury, so that's something to monitor going <laughs> forward. Um, in the back of my mind, I was like, I wonder if there's something else going in there. Like, do they not want to take Juelson out? But... <laughs> Yeah, because well, Gajulson's been playing well. Yeah. He's been playing well. You know but what? They survived. I'm, I'll just
4: trust them with the fact that he's dealing with some sort of day-to-day injuries. They, they survived the 23-game absence of Carson Soucy quite adeptly, and it's one of those things where it's you just kind of shake your head sometimes. You're like, I can't believe how well everything is working out. I can't believe how well this blue line has worked out, given the pieces that it was comprised of, especially going into the season. Soucy finishes with just over 20 minutes of ice time, plus two, got an assist. Uh, We mentioned Thatcher Demko as we kind of wrap up our notes on the Canucks here. Kudos to Demmer. His 100th career win passes Jacob Markstrom for fifth all time on the Vancouver Canucks win list. And most importantly, and thank you to our numerous texters who have texted in about this already. Quinn Hughes moved into sole possession of most multi-point performances by a defenseman in franchise history. He passed Alex Edler, and it was his 69th. Career multi-point game, nice. Jason. Yeah, I know. Nice. Yeah. There's a few people that have texted that yes, and I mentioned that. You know why? Because it's nice. Because it's nice. Nice.
3: Um, let's mention uh, the NFL story. Just let's real just do quickly. the Seahawks.
4: I just kind of want to. Be- I just kind of want to rag on the Seahawks for the final
3: three minutes of this segment. What are you talking about? They won and then celebrated <laughs> with cigars. They <laughs>
4: sure did. So it the... was
3: for Julian Love. So he had a son or a, a
4: daughter. I don't know. He had a baby. He had a baby. <laughs> let's just say baby, because we don't know. I mean, he does, but we don't. I didn't look it up. I didn't look it up. I didn't look it up either. Anyway, if you have no idea what we're talking about right now, the Seattle Seahawks did indeed win their regular season finale over the Arizona Cardinals 21-20. It was not a good game. It was not a good performance. Even though they rallied late to win, it was really ugly, and it was made uglier by the fact that at the very same time, the Green Bay Packers were taking care of business against the Chicago Bears, thereby knocking the Seahawks out of the playoffs. Now, the thing that's got everybody up in arms is that in the aftermath of a season in which they failed to make the playoffs after surprisingly make it a year ago, numerous players on the Seahawks' defense, the younger guys, I might add, mm-hmm. the younger guys, not Bobby Wagner, he was not in there, the younger guys were caught taking selfies, smoking what appeared to be victory cigars or celebratory cigars, in the locker room, to which everybody said, wait a minute, why are you celebrating? You just missed out on the playoffs. Right. And it was later revealed that uh, safety Jordan Love, who is also on the way to the Pro Bowl, he was celebrating the birth Julian of his Julian Love. What did I Isn't say? It Jordan Love? I think I said, yeah, Jordan Love's from the Packers. Julian team. Love, thank you. Um, was celebrating going to the Pro Bowl and having a baby. Mm. The timing was maybe the worst yeah. that I've ever seen. I, 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 there's no explanation. As to why, after your season comes to a Mm. very, very disappointing... Someone should be like, optics, guys. Optics. Like, you could have done it today. You could have met up in the parking lot and had the cigars Mm. and hung out and done everything. Don't do it in the aftermath of your season coming crashing down in front of you.
3: For me, that whole cigar thing wasn't a big deal because... Well, it's a big deal for a lot of people. No, no, no. It's not a big deal. Especially John Ryan. For me, yeah, he was the former kicker, and the Canadian was upset about that on, on social media. Um, but for me, like I had already determined that I think they m- need to make some pretty significant changes to the Seahawks team. And for the first time, well, maybe not the first time, in the Pete Carroll era, I've wondered all season if he's kind of lost the room, if the Pete Carroll way of doing business isn't working so much for numerous reasons, uh, first of all, sometimes the effort with tackling has not looked good. Uh, sometimes players like DK Metcalf and Jamal Adams have gone up to the podium and mm-hmm. kind of acted a little dismissively um, when asked about some of the things, the criticism that they're getting from their coach. So they've act, they've said like, yeah, I've had a talk with Coach Pete, you know, yep. and they've acted kind of like they've rolled their eyes a little dismissively. And... um I just wonder if there are going to be some major repercussions from this season. Now, there's going to be changes. Like Clint Hurt as a defensive coordinator, I'm pretty sure he'll be gone. Jamal Adams, I'm pretty sure he won't play another game for the Seahawks. To me, that isn't major change. That's just off-season stuff that happens all the time, right? Like, of course there are going to be some changes. I'm talking about the two big kind of topics, and that would be Pete Carroll and John Schneider, but also the quarterback, Geno Smith. Do they go in a new direction at the quarterback? But I would say it starts with Pete.
4: This is the It first- starts
3: with Pete because this is the first time that I've actually wondered if Pete might get fired or even Pete might just walk away. This is the
4: first time that I felt that there are going to be major changes at a higher level than just... Player personnel. First time I felt it.
2: I,
0: I always you, thought...
4: you, you said in our text thread that you don't think big things are going to happen. I think big things are going to happen. So you've changed your mind since our text thread yesterday. Yeah. I think big things are going to happen. I'm seeing what's going on around the NFL right now. I'm hearing some of the names that are being bandied about, and I'm hearing about teams that just aren't satisfied. Being mediocre, and, and the Seahawks are one of them. The Seahawks were below mediocre this year. I don't They're even nine think, and eight. They they did not deserve to be a nine and eight team. I'm no. glad you brought that up. Their last three wins of the season against Philadelphia, Tennessee, and Arizona all required not just game winning drives, but a hell of a lot of luck and a hell of a lot of mistakes from the teams that they were playing against. They yeah. shouldn't have lost Arizona yesterday. Matt Prater missed two field goals in the fourth quarter, including one of the death to win the game. Part of me wonders if Arizona was like, let's lose this guy's draft position. Just try to (laughs) an old man Prater. He'll miss him. That's no problem. (laughs) I'm telling you this. Look, I was listening to the postgame show yesterday, uh, and uh, Jordan Babineau, former Seahawk, does Mm -hmm. their analysis now. He said he expects both coordinators to be out the door. That's, But that wouldn't be major for me. That wouldn't be. be, But then I'm saying, if you're going to go that far. Why not clean house? Why bring back Pete Carroll at this point? Well, because Pete Carroll's overseen all yeah. of these hires.
0: You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff.
4: on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 6:50. Halford of The morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accura dealer today. We are now in hour three of the program. Kevin Woodley is going to join us in just a minute here to kick off hour three. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintec studio, Kintec Canada's favorite orthotics provider,
3: powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews, sore feet. What are you waiting for? Kintec! Igor Shosturkin was the first goalie off the ice for the Rangers, so he'll start for the Rangers tonight. Still no confirmation I don't think about who will start for the Canucks. I
4: expect Demko, but we'll see. Uh, joining us now, the goalie guru NHL. dot com in Goal Magazine, Kevin Woodley here on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet six fifty. What up, Woods?
0: Not much. Is it uh, I like I woke up not not long ago? I'm going to be honest. Sorry to say that to you guys who've been up for hours, no, but fine. and there's snow on the ground out here, so that was a little depressing. But now I get to talk to you, so everything's better.
4: I'm glad, Kev. I'm glad this is making your morning. It's cold outside.
0: It's yeah, going to get I, yeah. colder. Yeah, it's like a reality check, you know. Christmas break is over, winter break is over for the kids. Yeah.
3: Is is uh, here, here here's here's here's, here's, a, here's a good one. Is Thatcher Demko going through a bit of a cold spell, Kev? Uh
0: would uh would a month plus speak a would a bit? Mm. Like he's been he's been average for for more than a month now. Um relative to no, the quality shots he's facing. like That's just what the math says. There's been moments where he's been great. There's been moments, like like the other night, I don't even know it's on him. The low blocker one, don't like I don't know if you guys saw um, that they changed the goal uh, from the point shot to a tip in front. Uh, probably, one, like, jeez. actually it was after I filed my story, so like an hour and a half after the game. So there was a deflection involved in uh, in the 5-4 goal. Uh, so it wasn't Brandon Smith's anymore. I can't remember who they gave it to, but somebody. And so, yeah, like, it wasn't as bad as it looked uh, once you add in the deflection. But, yeah, like, it's. Um, he, listen, he was the best goalie in the world by a large margin for the first six weeks of the season, and it's cooled off significantly. Um, still still slightly above expected, but hovering around there, right? And, and And overall on the season, you know, been dragged down. He still leads the league in goals saved above expected. But on a per shot basis, when you get into sort of expected save percentage, you know he's still in the top ten, but he's not he's not at that form that we saw early in the season. And like it's it sounds like a criticism. The reality is, I I think I said it as much as anyone at the time. Like nobody stays at the level he was at Mm -hmm. for so long. But for the past month, the level it's dropped to is a little lower than we expect for Thatcher Demko. So at the end of the day, all that matters is you get him closer to the guy at the start of the season by the time the season ends and into the playoffs. And that will involve making sure you get a lot of work with Ian Clark and a lot of rest and make sure the body's okay. And that will involve decisions about back-to-backs. And I'm kind of curious, do they they hold him out tonight, start Casey to Smith and give him the second end of back-to-backs and an extra day off in between? Um, or do they give him the game where the team's likely to be fresher tonight, uh, and and send out DeSmith against uh, against a guy tomorrow who. Is probably one of the most likely to pass him, or or has caught him in the Vesna race, in Ilya Sorokin.
3: Well, let's talk about Shosturkin because I'm looking at his numbers right now, just his raw numbers, and they're down nine oh eight. It was nine sixteen last season, and obviously nine oh eight is a lot less than the nine thirty five he had a couple of seasons ago. What has uh, what has the season been like for Shosturkin?
0: He flew too close to the sun. Uh, he's like yeah. he's like in the twenties, um, you know, and and. Ever since that year, right, and all the expectations that came with it, it's almost like at times watching him, he's trying too hard to live up to the expectations of two years ago. Like, that wasn't just a Vesna Trophy winning season. You could have made every argument he should have been the Hart Trophy winner as well. Like, he was incredible two years ago. It was a historically good season. When I talked early in the year about how incredibly good Demko was playing, the only thing we had as sort of a comparison was was Shesterkin's here? Like just historically great, and he hasn't. You know, that's the thing. It's really hard to keep that up, and he hasn't. And you know, to be honest, on a per shot basis, he's been outplayed by Jonathan Quick this season by a pretty significant margin. So, um, you know, he's he's hovering uh, down around plus one percent, which is you know the yeah. You know, there's an Andre Vasilevsky down there, but and a Jordan Bennington, but there's also you know guys like. Joel Hofer and Elvis Merzlikens and Peter Mrazek. Like, you expect Shesterkin to be living in a higher higher stratosphere than that, and he just hasn't.
3: Who is one team that absolutely, positively has to do something about their goaltending before the playoffs, if they make it, um, start?
0: I would have leaned Maple Leafs, because I'm not sure, except they seem confident that Joseph Wall... Is going to be back with plenty of time, and Joseph Wall was a guy who had put himself in that Vesna conversation as well. Like he, like I don't know, and this is hard to believe uh, because it's Toronto, but I don't know that he got enough hype before his injury. Like that's how all the focus was on Samsonov and how much he had struggled. Um, and it was almost like polar opposites. He's at the bottom of the league, and Wool had played his way up into the top of the league in terms of his performance relative to the environment. So you're getting him back, and you're less worried, especially because Martin Jones, like, this isn't just great team. Jones has been legitimately great. He's, you know, in a small sample atop the league in in adjusted save percentage. He's been really, really good for them. Um, So, honestly... And I don't know if anybody else feels the same way because they're on a heater and climbing fast in the, in the playoff race, but I still think it's the Edmonton Oilers. I still think you have to have a plan B these days, uh, especially when plan A seems to be, and he's so far been capable of handling it, but there's a reason we see lowered numbers in terms of starts for your number one. And they're playing, they're playing the wheels off Stuart Skinner because their schedule has allowed this, Um, but I still think they need a plan B, and I'm not sure they have it. Do you think the
3: Kings will just roll with Talbot, even though he's 36 years old, and uh, Big Save Dave as their tandem?
0: No, um, but you said who needs one, and I believe they're trying to decide internally. They're going to get one, but you're fine with Cam Talbot. I think what they're trying to decide is, are we just going to add someone to replace Phoenix Copley So we have three options because, you know, I I don't know that you're sold on big save, Dave. Um, Ironically, because of a lack of big saves when the game gets tight historically, like that's where he's cratered. Uh, Late in periods, tied games, up by a goal, like his. Statistics just fall off a cliff in those situations when you filter it for that, and that's sort of ironically, as much as he's been great against high danger chances, and that's where the nickname comes from, uh, in terms of situation, it's kind of in the opposite from the nickname, and so that worries you if you're the Kings. Uh, They're a team that doesn't necessarily need great goaltending, but I think they're trying to decide, do we just need another guy to go with Talbot, like a 1B, or do we need an upgrade? And, you know, are we a cup contender that that needs to go all in on goaltending? And so I think they'll get a guy, but because they have two, I don't have them ahead of, uh, you know, really need a guy uh, compared to the Oilers.
3: Do you think the Preds are going to get an offer they can't refuse for UC Soros?
0: Well, you would think so because the last couple of seasons, he's been one of the best in the league and was sort of establishing himself in that consistent, you know, up there with the Andre Vasilevskis in the world. But right now, Jason, he's below expected. Like, this has not been a good year for UC Soros. Uh, I know there's a lot of conversation about how Nashville really wants to keep him and and lock him up long-term, and everything I know about UC Soros and have watched over the past couple of years says you do that. Um, But if you were to – I wonder how much the contract is playing a role in this in terms of distraction and whether – because I can't see anything else. Like, he's just – he's given up goals that are uncharacteristic, uh, he had a sort of very characteristic slow start to the year. Then he got on a heater and now he's, he's in a, they're not a great team defensively, but his environment hasn't been that bad. And he's just not, he's not UC Saros right now. We talked about Igor Shisterkin earlier. We talked about Demko over the last month, like, like staying great in this league, is, it seems like it's never been harder or maybe just the guys we have right now, you know, after losing a generation of Luangos and Price's, um, and Lundqvist, you know, maybe they just haven't gotten to that level. Um, but this is the worst goaltending we've seen out of UC Soros in the past three seasons. And so as much as I still think there would be a lineup for his services, I don't know that the, the the price, the demand is going to be as high as it was, say, at the end of last year where he was absolutely jobbed by the GMs out of not being a Vesna Trophy finalist.
4: We're speaking to Kevin Woodley here on the Halford & Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. Kev is a presentation of White Rock Hyundai. Visit the showroom on King George in White Rock or whiterockhunday.com. Have you been keeping an eye on what's going on with Colorado and Alexander Georgiev? Because they're scoring a lot of goals, they're also conceding a lot of goals, and they are also playing the wheels off Georgiev.
0: The wheels are off, man. They played him off early, uh, and he was really great. Again, first month of the season, he was a guy whose numbers were, were flirting with Demko territory. He was another guy that was in that conversation early. And so they kept going to him. And... It feels like from a distance and watching a couple of the games, like he can't, he just can't get back. Like there, there's no way to reset him. They did play the wheels off him, and the bottom fell out. And it just feels like they can't sort of, they can't give him enough time off because they don't seem to trust Prozatov, who ironically has really good adjusted numbers, like not exceptional, but more than adequate. And then you see the other night he gives up three on four, and it's clear that team's totally lost faith in him. There's a team, maybe I should have had them higher on this list when Jason asked who absolutely needs a goaltender. Mm -hmm. Um, The statistics say they're fine with the backup they got, but the team doesn't seem to trust them. And they continue to roll out Georgiev. We're way past, you remember we used to have this conversation with Jacob Markstrom, he'd be going good, and then it would start to slip. And it didn't matter whether Anders Nilsson hadn't won in two months, you had to play him to give (laughs) Markstrom some time off to reset. We're so far past that point. With Alexander Georgiev, that I, I like again, I like, I don't know, maybe an all star break, maybe their bye week, like maybe that's enough to reset this guy, but but he just has not been able to get back to who he was before they, as you said, very very accurately played the wheels off of him.
4: I forgot about Anders Nielsen. Good pull, Kev. That was a while ago now. You know who someone else reminded me of the other day, random connect goalie? Was it Joachim Eriksson? Was that the guy? I, Did we hit? Was he a oh, yeah, goalie? Yeah yeah. <laughs> he? yeah, yeah. He played like one game. I probably know that. Yeah, I think he played one game. There was all these rant. We were. We were, what, were we just going through names? Yeah, like, you remember know, this guy? We know when you hang out with buddies. Not really? And, you, when you hang out with your buddies and you're yeah. having beers and you're like, just let's just name old athletes. Mm-hmm. We were doing like backup Canucks goalies. I was like, do you remember Joachim Eriksson? I'm like, I do. I
3: always start with Robert Nordmark.
4: Yeah, that's a good one. Just name a dude. Not a goalie. It's a fun game, but I'm just not name gonna a lie. Guy. Um, okay. I want to ask you something. We had a Devin Dubnik on the show last week. Uh, and we right away, we threw him the question about if he had to pick the number one game one starter for Canada in any Olympic competition right now, who does goalie be? And he went with, uh, Aiden Hill. He sort of said, I know it might not be the pick that everyone would go with, but then I realized that he's not the only one putting a lot of stock in. Aiden Hill, the Vegas Golden Knights are as well because everywhere that I turn, they're desperate to get him back in net because they've really hit the skids lately and their goaltending hasn't been great. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on one, Aiden Hill and where he would be in the Canadian hierarchy. And then two, how important is he to Vegas?
0: Well, okay, so this is the thing. Like, like, Aiden Hill fits Vegas like a glove. Like, he's perfect. His strengths and weaknesses fit what they give up and don't give up. Like, even to the point where you know, we talk a lot about cross-ice passes uh, or what we call slot-line passes, the east-west plays. We've heard a lot about how the Canucks give up far fewer of those and how that's been a big part of their defensive success this year. Like, Vegas gave up a fair amount last year, but they were all in tight around the net, what we call low slot-line passes, below the hash marks. Those are typically the most dangerous, but they're also where Aiden Hill excels because he plays deep, he's got a big body, he's got length, he just is able to fill space on bang-bang plays down low as well as anyone in the league. So it looks like on paper it's like, oh, they're giving up all these high danger chances and Hill's bailing them out. What they didn't give up was high slot line chances. Plays across the middle of the ice above the hash marks that force Aiden Hill into more of a reactive mode with his hands, where, you know, frankly, that's on a list of strengths and weaknesses, that's a weakness. They, their system, it's not just like, hey, this is a great system for goalies, it's this system fits Aiden Hill perfectly. And so his performance in the playoffs last year, at, I was around plus3%, like I said it at the time. Yes, they are a great defensive team, but Aiden Hill's run to the Stanley Cup, if you do that during the regular season, you win a Vezina trophy. And guess what? When he got hurt, he was actually slightly better than that. So he's been out for a while here. Other guys have passed him on the, you know, the cumulative metrics we talk about goals saved above expected, but he was right in this conversation for a Vezina before he got injured now to me the weird thing is he tried to rush back and i guess maybe that was well And there i don't think they felt he rushed back they felt he was ready but he last he came out didn't even make it through a game uh, and that's a little worrisome and you know maybe it was trying to get back for the winter classic um but i think he's a lot closer now like we're talking within a week kind of thing that we could see him he's back on the ice we could see him back in games and you're right Um, whether it's just because Logan Thompson hasn't been able to sort of, again, maintain the success he had early in his career as the starts have piled up this season, uh, or just how perfect Aiden Hill is for that team and how good he was for that team, as much as we keep focusing on them being great defensively. It really was a lot of Aiden Hill. They do need him back. In terms of whether that applies to Canada, you know, listen, In terms of all the numbers, yeah, absolutely. He's in that conversation. He's probably at the top of it for all the reasons I just listed. But is Canada going to defend the same way? This would be like the Oilers getting, well, no, it's not fair to say, like the Oilers getting Jack Campbell and ignoring what led to his success. Um, I think Aiden Hill's a better goaltender than Jack was. Uh, You know, again, just by the numbers. But you do need to pay attention to those things. Like, if, if, if you're going to become a rush team that's going to ask Aiden Hill to use his hands a lot because there's going to be open looks in the middle of the ice or, or open looks off the rush, he's probably not your guy. Uh, but if you're going to defend the way Vegas does, force guys into end zone, give up stuff down low but not middle and high in the zone and middle of the ice, great. So it's probably him, it's probably Carter Hart, and it's probably Jordan Binnington. Those are the guys. Biddington's sort of falling off a cliff again after an incredible start. But you you sort of, in a best-on-best, I think you look at what a guy's capable of at the start of a season as opposed to, in Bennington's case, after he's been worn down by a horrific defense over the course of half a year. Uh, And I still think he's in that conversation. And those would be the three guys that, that I'd be looking at at this point.
3: All right, enough of this goalie talk. Let's talk about the real players. Um, sorry, Kev. Sorry, laddie. laddie. Laddie's not even listening. See? I threw it's up, snowing threw a and you're
0: telling me to, like, yeah. this is just, now we're back I'm into teaching. depressing mode. I'm yeah. going to have to go for a ride in my White Rock Hyundai to cheer me up.
3: Uh, Kev, is the lotto line, is it a temporary measure or do you think it's something that Rick Tockett can keep together for the long term?
0: I think I'm as curious as anyone to see which way he goes. He obviously downplayed it uh you know, and if you listen like you listen to the quotes after from from j T. Miller and watch a video with Elise like could anybody have been less thrilled than the uh, coming off of two plus one nights than those guys it seemed right yeah, like I know um th- I thought that was interesting, although it 's probably they just don 't like the attention and and the nickname and all those things, but it was worth noting at the very least and so i don't i don 't know that this is a long term thing, but kind of like. And no, Oilers fans, settle down. I'm not making a direct comparison between the two. But much like when the Oilers are chasing or behind and they feel the need to load up with McDavid and Seidel and just have one line that every time they're on the ice. And don't forget, like especially earlier in that game, it was the lotto line up front with Hughes and Hironik on the back end, like they had them out together, and it was nuclear, right? So having a nuclear option is never a bad thing. Um, whether it's something they chase you know, regularly, I'm curious to see other lineups. I would expect them to start the game tonight. But this is a Rangers team that defends really well, uh, that has a lot of depth as well as high-end talent. And so if, you know, I'm curious to see how long they stick with it. But at the very least, if nothing else, like it's exciting, it's fun to watch. I want to see more of it. But even if pocket decides to go with a more balanced approach on more nights than not, it's nice to know that you have this option and that it gives you the ability like, like you wonder watching that game, why we didn't see this midway through the St. Louis game when, when nothing was happening five on five. So I think if nothing else, it's proven you have that option. I like to see it against the Rangers tonight to see if it's at all repeatable because you know, like let's, let's be honest. That was, that was New Jersey missing a lot of key parts the other night and playing back-to-back games. So grain of salt on that part, too.
4: Uh, Kev, thanks for doing this today, man. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the games tonight, and tomorrow night we'll do this in a couple weeks' time.
0: Appreciate it, guys.
4: Thank you. That's Kevin Woodley from NHL.com and InGoal Magazine. As mentioned, a presentation of White Rock Hyundai. Uh, I'm now playing the just let's-just-name-random-backup Canucks goalies with, uh, I think it's GURP. In the uh, yeah group. Oh, that's good. That's uh, good. That he, you're focused. He he came with Mika Nornan, which mm-hmm. is a very good shout. Nice. I responded with Richard Bachman. Oh yeah, remember Richard Bachman? Mm. Huh? Yeah. We got
2: one. lineup updates from Murph and Batch just right now. If you want them, yes. yes. Sure. Demko in start uh, is in, 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 sorry. I'm reading this verbatim. So Ooh, it's, he it. Demko in good. starters' net. <laughs> Demko in starters' net. Cole on right side with Sidorov, Susie Myers. No changes up front. And then Batch quote tweeted him. Looks like Noah Juleson comes out of the lineup tonight in New York City. Colin and
3: Zadorov. So Zadorov is going to be. Is that a, that's a third pair? I Yeah. Guess. But he's the new Juleson. Right. Okay.
4: Juleson's the old Zadorov.
3: Right. Okay. Is that so how it it's works? Myers and Su- <laughs> Myers Myers and Susie is your is your second pair. Yep. Mm-hmm they right. a very tall pair.
1: That's the second Richard Bachman reference today, by the way, for what? me. What? Uh, Jesper Wallstedt was called up by the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, he's the, like a highly touted prospect. He today. is. Yeah. One of the best goalie prospects. The Iowa Wild goalie coach is Richard Bachman. Wow. So there you go. It all comes full circle. Here's
4: another one for you. Jason LaBarbera. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's a coyote forever. <laughs>
2: Another goalie coach. He was, yeah, he, he so was. Surprised a very you with that tweet. Like yeah. guys just love standing around in a room talking yeah. about naming old athletes, like yeah. athletes from past glories. It's
3: or past because days. it's because if you know someone, if you talk to someone, and you're like Jason Labarbera. They're like, yeah, he's the old goalie. You're like, I have something in common. Do yeah. you want
1: to yeah. hang out?
4: <laughs> yeah, I also know Peter Scudra. <laughs> Peter uh, Scudra. <laughs> okay, I'm Buddy do of mine what owns Peter
1: Scudra's glove. Sorry. Buddy of mine owns a game used Peter oh. Scudra love
4: that's pretty sweet where's he on the pantheon of Latvian goalies well they because the Canucks had a they had he's Latvian
1: Peter Skudra is Latvian it's not uh, it it doesn't end sure.
0: in is.
4: yeah him and Ar- Archie Irby Peter Scudra's yeah. <laughs> is Peter's Scudras. Oh, yes. okay his
1: real name is Petiris Everyone's uh, talking. They,
4: they had like a, they cornered the market on Latvian goalies, undersized Latvian goalies.
1: Uh, I'm going to
3: do a what we learned, and we need more what we learned into the Dunbar Lumber Text line at 650, 650. <laughs> we need them
4: desperately. Otherwise, I'm going to keep playing this game for the <laughs> final half hour of the show. Remember uh, Troy Gamble? <laughs> he was a good one, too. What about Concus- Rick Tabaracci? I, I like Rick Tabaracci. Alright, okay. Frank Caprice. Frank Caprice was I'll play a, along. one of the best perms of all time. He almost had like a Jerry curl. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he had like a wet perm. It was the eighties, right? Yeah. Like it was, yeah.
3: Okay. I <laughs> learned that Jonathan Lekeramaki, not a goalie, not a wet perm. Was named the MVP of the World Juniors despite Sweden's gold medal loss to the United States. They really took that well, eh? Um They
4: kind of had a meltdown there. Sweden? Yeah. 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 They got, they, well, they were getting, like, physically dominated mm. and scoreboard dominated. I, you don't see fights at the end of a gold medal game. It's hard when it's happening at home. Yeah, I know. Well, I right? was like, the thing. It's, it's kind of, it's Doubly like, embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Right? But that was awesome for Lekoramaki. But good for
3: uh named MVP of the World Juniors. So we went in with high expectations for Lekoramaki, and this is why we should have high expectations for the Canucks prospects. Like, stop going like, oh, if you have too high expectations, they might fold under the pressure. Well, they don't want those guys. That's right. You want the guys that show up in these tournaments when they're expected to show up. And Lekker Amaki has really changed his narrative over the last year. You know, last year, I was thinking, like, oh my God, is this guy even going to like get, make it to the AHL the way he was struggling? You over were very, very concerned. You were very concerned. I was down on him. So good for him for um, turning it around. Now you start wondering, okay, when is this guy going to be in the NHL lineup? So now we create overly burdensome expectations because we had high expectations, and now we have even higher expectations. That's for right, Amaki. But he joins a list that includes. Players like Connor Bedard, most recent MVP Mason McTavish, Trevor Zegras, um, the great Ryan Paling,
4: can't forget him.
3: <laughs> but congratulations to Jonathan Leckeramaki Lecker- on that MVP performance. I expect we'll see him maybe in Abbotsford as soon as the end of the regular season, if his European season finishes before the Abbotsford season. And who knows? Maybe um, Leckeramaki heads into training camp next season with the Canucks, and he has a chance to make the team. Give us a moo cow on that.
0: You're listening
3: to the best of Halford and Bruff.